to the parties, build modern undead roofs, fill pump vessels, very busy me when it's the first time around. And we also do the Disney thing, but we're not doing the Disney thing this week. This week, we're watching something I haven't seen before, so we're filling my hole. But Bill's seen it before. His favorite, uh, one of his favorite documentaries is Electric Boogaloo, the story of Tanya Phillips. Oh, uh, yeah. Had you heard about this before? Only through you. Oh, okay. Um, what did you think? Because <laughs> there's not a lot to say about it. Documentary exists. I have, uh, I have zero notes because I've had a week. It's just going to be a very casual conversation. Oh, that's absolutely fine. So, and, so but you since, you've, you've watched it, if, since you've watched it so many times, I figured you'd be fine driving the ship. Oh, yeah. No, that's totally fine. Uh, I also meant to go to... Man, one of my favorite things when researching a film that we're talking about is to go to tvtropes.com, and they did have a handy list of uh, films that were discussed in this documentary, which I meant to look up before we start recording, but I will do now. <laughs> Uh, just because, yeah, I just wanted to have the list of movies uh, on hand because, yeah, unless you're watching this movie directly, it's uh, all you remember. Like, okay, like they talk about there's they talk about a couple Death Wishes, they talk about some some Chuck Norris movies, they talk about there were some titties, there are some titties, but like, yeah, you're not gonna remember the names of any of these movies. No. Um, let's see, Canon Group. Uh, so yeah, did you had you seen any of these movies before that they're talking about at least? Here and there. I mean, I mean we, we 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 did Hercules. Yeah, so. we did Hercules because of this documentary. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, and Masters of the Universe, which just happened to be just because that's known as one of the worst movies ever. Missed. Christina Pickles. <laughs> I sitting there watching this last night. And I was like, oh yeah, these are the people responsible for giving us Christina Pickles. Um, but yes, like I said, this is just a. Uh, one of the small little group of like documentaries that when I'm just like just want some noise on in the background while I'm working or doing something else I'll just throw on the background just because it's nice fluff um then again this is kind of like another kind of popumentary where um uh, thank god there's no cheesy voiceover saying and then they made electric boogaloo it's just all ta- like talking heads they can speak for themselves it's not like it's not a bad documentary. It's not a great documentary, no. but it's definitely fun. It's fine. Yeah, and it definitely highlights a whole bunch of movies that you may not have heard of before. Even if like, cause I grew up, you know, watching these movies, I would rent shit like this. And even then, half of this stuff, like I had seen like Ninja Three: The Domination on on store shelves, but I never knew exactly what it looked like. But now I know because you know they talked to the lady who starred in that movie. Um, yeah. And that's kind of one of the nice things too is like seeing all these people, like especially the hot ladies. For all these 80s action movies are now just like I have to say though, oh my god, what's her face? She stars in the Apple. That 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 looks extra nuts. We have to talk about that someday because that movie looks. Because that's the one that's supposed to be oh, in the future. Oh, it's so tedious, my dude. <laughs> I've watched the Rift Tracks one and even that. Oh, you did? You see? Oh, okay, I had no idea. But it stars uh, was it Catherine Masterson Stewart or something like that? Uh, she's the love interest in. Oh, uh, God, what's the, the last Starfighter? And I always thought she was super hot. And she actually stars in another movie I always mean to do for Halloween called Night of the Comet. Uh, but she's in this, and she's actually almost just as hot as she was like 30, 35 years ago. Uh, but yeah, I guess she was the star of the Apple. And the uh, fucking uh, uh, Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation shows up for two seconds. Because I mm-hmm. guess she, she was forced to lie in a mattress with her tits hanging out for one of their movies. And yeah, so yeah, no, it's it's just this this movie is supposed to be about... The, yeah, the, it's the Canon Film Group that made all these terrible movies back in the 80s. But it's mostly about the one dude named Menachem. 
Yeah, I was going to say, for being about the two dudes, it's not really about the two, it's about the one. Yeah, because the other guy... Well, and I guess that's something that happens in Hollywood quite a bit, where you have two people working together. Kind of like Walt Disney and his brother Roy Disney, where Walt Disney was the creative guy, and Walt Disney was just the guy who kept the the books. Roy. Yeah, they just kind of made sure the money happened, so the creative guy, and that's kind of, they have Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Yoram Globus was his cousin who managed all the money and stuff like that, but it was Menachem Golan who was uh, the, the director for a lot of these things, and he was the guy coming up with stories and coming at the idea. Because this movie leans really hard on the idea that, like, the Ed Wood thing of, like, the producer will come up with an idea for a poster, and then they'll, like, build the movie around the poster sometimes, and he was mm-hmm. that guy doing that kind of shit. That kind of shit. Seems like a real piece of garbage, that dude. That dude! They kind of dance around it, but, like, yeah, I don't, I, this is the other thing I'd heard about this movie. They, like, put, <laughs> like, people are like, oh, it's, it was, uh... It was his, his, his uh, uh, what was he, Israeli uh, uh, temperament. That's what it was. <laughs> Not that he was an asshole. Well, that's one of the things I heard about this movie when we were seeing it was people were like, I've heard some people claim that this movie is anti-Semitic because they mm. paint this Jewish guy with broad strokes. And because he's like plays into the stereotype of like the money-grubbing Jewish, you know, movie producer. But this is one of those cases where like the kind of the... the, the the dude was just that, though. It's hard to criticize. And they actually even get into that a little bit in part of the movie where they talk about how their reputation was being money-grubbing. And uh, they also talk about how that guy was fat, so he's like, Jabba the Hutt. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but, like, yeah, the, the producing couple was just like, yeah, I guess they were really stingy about money and stuff like that. And, and one of the more endearing things about this documentary is they do talk about how the Menachem golden guy he did seem to genuinely love movies but mm-hmm. he did but so did tommy was so <laughs> i know exactly but he didn't have the patience to sit down and make sure your ideas are good and he would just mm-hmm. like pick up random ideas from other movies and mash them together like they talk about there's like a brooke shields movie called sahara where like it started off as like okay we're gonna make a knockoff lawrence of arabia but then also we're gonna put like car racing old timey like uh, yeah, car racing and, like, something else in there, and they said... Uh, like, I wonder which is worse, that or Ishtar. You know what? I would imagine... Because that was a huge joke in the 80s, was how bad Ishtar was. And at least the Sahara movie looks like it might be fun. Because you got, like, Burke Shields mm-hmm. and a shitty mustache, and she can't act, so at least there's... Maybe maybe more some more actual Mystery Science Theater 3000 fun you can ring out of that, but... Yeah, I would I would imagine a movie like this was probably a goldmine to the Ref Tracks guys because it's probably highlighted like oh my god. Oh, they got a lot of canon films on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, assuming they didn't ha- already had do half that stuff because I'm sure I, I already know like Ninja Three of the Domination that that's the ninja movie where they wanted to make a movie about a ninja lady. But yeah, but then <laughs> then they were like nobody would believe that a woman can be a a ninja, so, so we yeah. had to have her possessed by a dude. And then they say it didn't succeed. One asshole says it didn't succeed because there was a woman leading that nobody believed. Exactly, I don't think yeah. that's the reason, my man. <laughs> well, that's what producers are always like, like if, if a movie bombs, it's because like it's not their fault. And and no. I, and, and one of their they talk also talk about like Canon films, at least when they started, uh, mm-hmm. uh, their their model was we're gonna make like forty movies a year. But they're all going to be super cheap, and all we need is one of those movies to make a decent amount of money, and that'll fuel our entire next slate of movies next year. And then we'll just hope next year that one of those movies makes it big, and that'll you know, that's how they kept on going until 
I guess they got too big for the britches and they got tired of, like, not being taken seriously by Hollywood, so they started to, like... At first, they were like, oh, we're gonna get Charles Bronson. That, that, that's the biggest star we can afford, but we're gonna make, like, like three more Death Wish movies. And after that was a success, they were like, oh, we're gonna get uh, Chuck Norris, and we're gonna make those movies. And then after that, they were like, they really started shooting big, but like, oh, we gotta get like, Arnold People really like racism. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And they, yeah, then they were like, they kept on star-fucking their way up and out of their own money, because they kept on throwing money at bigger, bigger stars. And, like, abandoning the movie production model that made them so much money to begin with, and then they started, like... And they like, even towards the end of the documentary, they have an interview from, like, with Menachem Golan from, like, 1980, when they're first starting out, saying, Oh, I would never make a $30 million film. What I would do with that money, I would just make $31 million films, and you would, I would feel like it would be stealing if I was making 30, $30 million movies. Fast forward five years, and he's paying, like, Sylvester Stallone $30 million to make the over-the-top arm wrestling movie. Yeah. And I still... I, I That's always been on my list for Tardy the Earth for Awful April, and even now I'm just like... Ugh. Arm <laughs> I don't wrestling. know how much arm wrestling I can get into. I almost ra yeah. would rather watch No Holds Barred, at least that would actually have real wrestling, even if it's just... I'd ra I'd ra I was about to say I'd rather watch the, mo the movie with the fake monkey, but I don't think so. <laughs> no, that's, that's one of the things, because, like, this is this would be a goldmine for us for Awful April, but even then I'm like, like, I might, like, I might go download that just to see what it's like, but, yeah, that seems so bad that I don't even know what the fuck we would talk about. Other than I, just, like, I feel like you and I could watch it together, but the what? way we do it, where we watch it separately. Yeah. Watching a canon films alone has to be one of the saddest <laughs> things you can do. Even ironically, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, we had a good time with, like, Hercules, but I knew that was going to be fun because that looks so, so, like, European weird. It wasn't just, like, bad mm -hmm. American weird, but it was, like, looked like it was... Well, it's, it, it's, they talk about it a little bit, yeah. but it's obviously wants to be a horny movie, but <laughs> they're not allowed to be a horny movie. Yeah, but and then the, uh, I do like they talk to the special effects guy, and he's like, I tried to do good, but they didn't give me any money, so what are you going to do? Like, I, I yeah. tried my best. And yeah, so it's 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 pretty good. Um, I didn't realize they had started off. So the whole movie begins with them. I guess they got their start uh, making a bunch of skin flicks in Tel Aviv and Israel. Mm -hmm. And yeah. especially there's one pointing Uzis at pilots because they're too tired to fly. <laughs> oh themselves. yeah, that's that's one of those stories where like okay, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure this guy really actually put a loaded Uzi to someone's head. Uh, but they talk about how. Like, I guess in Israel, they had a movie called Lemon Popsicle with this guy, with this mm -hmm. kid, but with a boner. And I'm, like, watching this shit. I'm, like, what kind of bullshit is, like, Europeans watching in, like, the 1970s? Like, is this what passed for entertainment? And, mm -hmm. but I guess that was enough that they decided they wanted to come to America and they remade that. Um, they remade that the same year that Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out, which you've never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, huh? No. Which I, that's one of my favorite movies. I love that thing. But it's funny because they both have the same plot where it's like about a lady, a teenage girl who gets knocked up by like the school dork and and, and stuff like that. Uh, but God, where I was gonna go? And I was gonna make a point. Oh, but that movie, the the American remake of that sex romp, Lemon Popsicle, which I think is called like an American Virgin. In fact, they yeah. show the trailer, and the whole trailer is built around the joke of like, at the end they're like, "You better go see American Virgin, or you're gonna be one." And I was like, oh, that sounds so fucking stupid. It looks legitimately bad. But the remake stars one of my favorite 80s actresses. She was one of the princesses from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 
And she was also the main romantic lead in the one of the other movies I keep on barfing about on this podcast, Better Off Dead. Diane Franklin, I love her to bits. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that's, like, really... It's, it's just a fun documentary. Like I said, it's just background noise. It's got, they got some good music. The apple, I, like I said, looks ridiculous. I like that uh, everybody kind of dances around everything in it, but I like that <laughs> Alex Winters is just like, man, fucking shit sucked. <laughs> well, he even points out that, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did Because not... one guy is like, he, it, I think it, it's Death Wish 3, a guy yeah. is like, it was a masterpiece, and then he comes up next and he's like, unmitigated shit. <laughs> well, he even points out that, like, oh yeah, Death Wish, it's a, it's a bunch, a bunch of grimy minority punks attacking this white guy and his family and it's all mm-hmm. and i was like why is alex winter in this thing and i was like he should he's like one of like the thugs i guess yeah. like charles bronson tries to drive over in his, his car uh, and i love freaks the- uh, canon films what's up is freaks a canon films because you know. no oh, okay i think canon films may have what? like went on what you saying like freak <laughs> is too good for canon <laughs> I know, films? I know. this is me i had to think about it for a moment because I think Freaks was made around 1990, and that's after Canon Films went under. And I'm not quite sure how uh, Alex Winter... That, we've never talked about Freaks on the show, right? We never did an episode about that? No, we'll probably Have you seen it before? Point. No. Um, that's a, I never thought about like how Alex Winter... I wonder if he just like took his like Bill and Ted money and financed that or something like that. Because I'm not quite sure how the hell he made Freaks. Because I know he had gone to film school. He actually went to film school with Evan Dorkin, who's the guy who did the Bill and Ted comics back in the day, which is kind of funny. And But yeah, I have no idea how he wound up... Because also around that same time, Alex Winter, he had the t- what the Idiot Box, which is a show that only lasted for like half a dozen episodes on MTV. And so there was like one year where Alex Winter looked like he was on the cusp of breaking out, but I'm not quite sure how he got to that point. Because he had only been known for Bill and Ted up to that point. So, I don't know. It's not like Bill and Ted was such a success when it first came out that, like, people would be like, Ooh, Alex Winter, we gotta have you in our movie. We need to finance your personal passion project or anything like that. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about Freaked uh, someday. I was shocked at how many not weirdos there were in this. You mean in terms of, like, talking to the people? Yeah, like, usually in documentaries like this, about us, specifically about a place like Canon Films, you're gonna get some wackadoos, but... I don't think there's any specific kind of wackadoo kind of people. The one, and it's not like she's a wackadoo, but there's one lady, they literally, she only has, like, two lines in the whole thing, where she talks about, like, it sounds like she only showed up for, like, half of one movie... She's this older, mm-hmm. now blonde lady where she showed up. That poor lady's <laughs> face. Yeah, and she's, she can oh. barely talk. She's one of those people who has to kind of hiss through her teeth because she's had so much plastic surgery. She can't move her face. But I guess she had starred in at least part of one movie that was supposed to be about a, post- a post-apocalyptic future where women are in control. And she mm-hmm. only says that, like, she showed up on the set one day. She hated these guys so much. She said, oh... These, these guys have cash registers where their hearts should be, and then she tries to burn a copy of the movie that she was in. And that's all yeah. she has to do in the whole documentary. But everyone else they're talking to, yeah, they talk, it's it's mostly women who are in the movie. There's the guy who started, who started in, started, starred in the Alan Quartermain Indiana Jones knockoffs, who's almost unrecognizable mm-hmm. as an old man, because he's, I, I can't tell if he's had plastic surgery or if his face it's just so naturally elfin that, like... <laughs> and they, 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 they pretty much spend the whole Alan Quartermain movies talk, shit-talking Sharon Stone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, there's, a, there's a fat movie producer who has, like, a little pork pie hat and, a, and, and, like, a little scarf on. 
Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's that's it's, not it's, a movie producer. That's uh, uh the music guy. The music producer, yeah. Um, yeah, there's not too many. Yeah, like I said, I was surprised to see Alex Winter show up, and you got Troy. Did you? Yeah. At the end, they say that when they heard that they were making this, they uh, Golden Globe has made their own documentary. Have you seen that one? No, the I Go-Go actually Boys. I had heard about it. Uh, but I just looked it up for the first time, just you know, because I knew we we're going to talk. Like, it might get brought up during right now when we're talking about the show. I like, I didn't, I couldn't even find a trailer for it. And oh man, that also reminds me too how I forgot that this was produced by Brett Ratner, mm-hmm. the, uh, the guy who made the third X Men movie, which everyone hates and stuff like that. And this is also the only good movie that Brett Ratner was ever associated with. Uh, but I looked up, uh, yeah, I was trying to find even trailers for anything for the Google Boys, and I guess that, I guess it did come out three months before Electric Boogaloo, because, like, this movie ends with a little thing saying, hey, Menachem and, and Golan, they were approached to be in this movie, but they declined, but then they announced that they were going to do their own documentary about themselves, and yeah, it beat, their, it beat this documentary to, to theaters by three months, and yeah, I, all I could find was the Wikipedia entry for it. In which, uh, there was not a lot about it said other than it was lambasted because the documentary whitewashes pretty much everything. Both, like, the Menachem Golan's treatment of people and and the financial shenanigans they were up to and stuff. And it really does sound like kind of like the like self-aggrandizing thing you would think it would be. Yeah. And, yeah, so, what else? So what movies in here do you want to see? Oh man, I would not mind doing Ninja Three: The Domination. I, I was mm. thinking about the Apple, but it sounds like you're yeah, like uh, yeah, you have opinions about the Apple. Um, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've only really watched it once, and that was also on a plane. So yeah, I, I watched <laughs> you, it how'd you end up watching the Apple on a plane? On Rift Tracks, I watched. Oh, I thought you meant they were like showing it to everybody. Like, what kind no, of flight no. were you on? Um, <laughs> one that hates everyone. I was looking up on on uh, according to TV tropes, Alien from LA is a Canon Films movie. That's the Mystery Science Theater 3000 project where it's um was it Kathy Ireland? Do you remember that? That's Canon. What was it called? Uh, Alien from LA. Uh uh-uh, uh, I don't know that one. Yeah, American Ninja movies look good. Well, we gotta watch that Barfly. With. Oh, you gotta watch that Barfly. <laughs> it's funny, because there was a handful of movies in there that actually did, I remember, having some kind of, like, actual positive notoriety back in the day, and that's one of them. Uh, you know, Bloodsport! On the iTunes version of this movie, they have a bunch of deleted scenes, and they had a whole thing about Bloodsport. Which, mm. I'm sure when we talked about Bloodsport, I must have mentioned the fact that it was a canon film, and probably that's one of yeah. the, you know... And I was like, oh man! So we, I feel the fact that we did Bloodsport, that feels like that's the ultimate canon film. That's the that that's the, that's the perfect thing of like okay we talked about that but it's also actually fun and good to talk about like I don't know if we could ever find another canon film that we would have as much fun talking about as we did uh, Bloodsport and that's one of the funny things too about this documentary they talk at the end about how like I guess they kind of helped start the career of Jean Claude Van Damme and Menachem Golan didn't realize what like a good star they had because like, they were like, he was like oh this guy's box office poison and then the one movie he did with them made a bunch of movies and suddenly he's like oh we love we love John Claude Van Damme um let's see what else they have here you know what I would not mind trying to do Breakin or Breakin 2 Electric Boogaloo just the the breakdancing movies just because I'm curious to see what you would have to say as a dancer 
Mm. Um, <laughs> granted, it sounds like you probably already have seen as much as you needed to see just from watching the excerpts, excerpts from that from those movies in this documentary. And something mm-hmm. tells me, even though I guess that lady, who I guess was the star of both those things, I guess the whole point of the Breakin' and Breakin' Two movies is that there's like a, a white jazz dancer lady who somehow gets uh-huh. mixed up with a couple black uh, break dancers, and it's all about that culture clash. And I, I can't imagine the actual like whatever non-break dancing stuff would be in those movies would be that, that interesting to you. So I'm sure it's probably not. That. It's not like actual ballet. Um, I, I like, I mean, I like their popping in the lock-in and the suction. I guess uh, they also did the Captain America movie? You've seen bits of that, right? I've the, seen bits of that. That look real bad. The notor- oh, no, well, they, wait, did they, I can't remember, was that the deleted scene or they actually talked about it in the documentary? No, they don't. Oh, okay. I saw uh, the poster when they were scrolling through. Yeah, the that's the infamous, like, 1990 um, Captain America movie that stars... The son of the guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye, and like Captain America got like a fucking uh, motorcycle helmet for his helmet. Yeah, and like they put on plastic ears. Stealing people's cars. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the joke everyone makes about that. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't mind trying to maybe do that someday, but I'm trying to look to see anything else they um, in their background that sounded kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot of porn stuff. Lady Chatterley's lover. They keep on talking about like they kept on like trying to inject sex into a whole bunch of stuff. A bunch of Chuck Norris These stuff. seem like the kind of weirdo dudes that think, like, any TNA is good TNA because, like, when they're talking about Death Wish 3, they mention in oh, how the that's British an extended version, thing. the British version of it had to cut four minutes out of the rape scenes. Yeah, because... Four and spe- fucking minutes! What are you doing? <laughs> they have a great thing where they talk to, I guess, the guy... <laughs> <laughs> the guy who directed, oh, it's Michael Winter or something like that. The guy who directed those Death Wish movies for canon. Um, he's like on a BBC talk show talking about like, oh, well, we don't think any subject matter should be uh, dismissed out of hand. We should be able to. T-. And like he's presenting like the rape as like, oh, we just we just want to tackle social issues. And everyone else is like, you just put the movie in there just because you want to get off on a girl getting raped. And then there's like this other lady talking about how, oh, if. If this director dude is such a big fan of sodomy, I hope it happens to him sooner than later, yeah. which I thought was, yeah, okay, fucking, yeah. Um, and that's that's one of the things with Golden Globus, and then that's a hallmark of shitty 80s movies is, I mean, if you ever watch Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst 2, there's 18 bazillion movies that try to be titillating by having, like, or because they're filled with rape shit, and that's just, you know, another example of that stuff, but... The, yeah. the two laziest things you could do as a writer to make your villain seem more villainous is either kill his own subordinate yeah. or rape a lady. And Don't what, do those. And of it's course, lazy yeah. and, and one of them is super gross. And the rape thing is always because then you also get tits and quote-unquote sex, but like it's just... Just because it's it, just the it gru- happens in the real world doesn't mean you have to put it in your movie. It's the grubbiest, grimiest thing. And like, yeah, there was the fucking... Like the shitty indie movies went... Hog wild with that shit back in the like the like the especially like the early eighties. I think there was enough of a backlash against that shit that like you really don't see that that often in movies these days. Not like not as much as you did back then. There's definitely I've yeah. seen plenty of shitty like TV. Like my housemate Har, she loves watching uh bad like TV dramas, and it seems mm-hmm. like people are getting raped like, left and right and that stuff. But at least it's not even being shown, so they're not trying to like titillate you by showing tits. But like. 
Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's what made Bulletproof a not perfect movie. If they didn't have the rape in Bulletproof, it would have been a perfect movie. Okay, that Bulletproof, that's the one with the wheel. That's yeah. Okay, yeah, with Gary Busey's face, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. The Busey. I'm actually kind of surprised with all the movies we've talked about on this podcast. The whole rape thing has not been more of a problem. I mean, it's just, I think it's, it's because we things. avoid movies that would be the type that have that. Because I, I know it, well, that's even the thing with with the thinking about how we could like use this documentary as like, oh, okay, we can we maybe there's some be some movies here that we can cover in the future. Yeah, there's enough here. Where we're like, we're not gonna talk about Death Wish. Any tech is like, no. yeah, like it's it's like we already know what that are we like no, say? that's it's racist not... and sexist. Great, okay, we did it, we covered it. I just saved us a lot of time. Exactly. Yeah. And growing up, they showed that shit on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was no, it was pervasive, of course, but it that's was everywhere. That's yeah, that's. I mean, there's a whole yeah, that, that's it's it's no. Charles Bronson gunning down minorities. <laughs> I do like one of the things that like even fucking I've heard about this before. But, uh, fucking Alex Winter kind of talks about how, um, Charles Bronson, at a certain point, they were paying his Charles Bronson so much that he could barely be bothered to come out of his trailer to do, like, a little bit of an action scene or anything like that. And they show that, like, even through, like, throwing a bag of vegetables at a car, they had to have, like, Charles Bronson's stunt double come out and do that. And I, like, I've always heard that Charles Bronson was so old and just so, like, not wanting to do anything and towards the end of those Death Wish movies that, like, 90% of those movies are just, like, Charles Bronson's stunt right. double doing literally everything. If if Charles Bronson's character has to run up the stairs, it's a yeah. stunt double. If, his, yeah, if he he's has just, to open a door, just... it's a stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> he has to throw back groceries. He has to throw back a Charles groceries. Charles Bronson <laughs> is sitting in his trailer scene. Which I can I see. I was dead. <laughs> oh, God. Which I could see why it must have been a revelation canon films to suddenly like they got like they signed uh, Ch Chuck Norris because at least mm. now you had a star who could like do his own action stuff he was relatively young and he was known for like karate and stuff so at least he didn't have to like coax him out of his trailer and then like shoot around his stunt double for the whole movie but uh, yeah I guess they missed it seems like they made like 12 uh, fucking Ch and we're never gonna talk about Chuck Norris because fuck Chuck Norris yeah, fuck that yeah, piece exactly, I don't want to yeah. give him the attention fuck this no. shit this whole internet meme of Chuck Norris, like, oh, he's gonna kick your face off. I was sick of Chuck Norris before <sighs> I found out he's a stupid idiot. Exactly, yeah. That whole meme was just fucking drained and dry, even before you find out he's just like a fucking. And now yeah, he, he is the, old and decrepit. You went to the, but... you went to the Baron's uh, chat in World of Warcraft, and everybody's making Chuck <laughs> Norris jokes. Like, Great, fantastic. Tired, sweaty ass motherfuckers. Oh my god. I guess they put out a Robotech movie? Um, they did Superman Force Quest for Peace. That was part of their whole thing of like, like, yeah, we're gonna try to make bigger budget. And it sounds like uh, Superman 4 was the movie that really kind of broke canon films back. Because they yeah. decided that, like, they bought the rights from the Superman movies, I guess, after Superman 3 failed. And it was funny because as a kid, I remember Superman. I like that they include the shot of Nuclear's man's <laughs> fingernails getting longer. Yeah, I know. Ooh. And they point out that Super uh, Nuclear Man was just an ex Chippendales dancer, and I was like, oh, that actually explains a lot. I remember as a yeah. kid, there was the Superman movies, and the first two were okay. The third one's bizarre, but at least they still had money. Like it still had like you know the special effects were more or less the same standard as the first two movies. And I remember there was Superman four. I don't think I've ever even seen all of Superman four. I've seen bits and pieces does, does on HBO. Does have any? Were they able to use John Williams for that? No, I think John Williams only stuck around for the first two movies, and, and that's only because I think the first two movies are practically made back to back. 
And, yeah, as that series went on, they kept on pumping less and less money until, yeah. And, I, it's, it's I, like, now I know. Like, as a kid, I was wondering why, like, Superman 4 always looks so grimy compared to the first three, three movies. So it was funny watching this documentary. I was like, oh, okay, I had no idea it was actually produced by an entirely different company. And that, the only reason they even got <clears throat> Christopher Reeves to come back is because even though they were only making the movie for 50 cents, they were like, well, at least we'll give you creative control over the whole project, Christopher Reeves. And then Christopher Reeves is like, we'll make this about anti-nukes. We're going to fight mm -hmm. Nuclear Man. And yeah, oh, man, the special effects from that shit looks so I mean, even the Superman, the quote-unquote good Superman movies look like fried dog shit today. But even by that standards, yeah. that Superman 4 looks... <laughs> it looks like a Mystery you know, Science Theater 3000 project, yeah. It uh, it says a lot about this documentary. that I, It shows clips from the movies, and there's a lot of uh, stock sound effects that happen, like that lady scream you hear all yeah. over the place. And, and I don't know if those are actual sounds from the movies <laughs> or if they added them in the documentary. You think like that, like the, these movies may have been the source for some of those terrible sound effects? Not the source, but they use them enough. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and also, this documentary is a good five or six years old, so, like, they this could have been, like, you know, one of the first starting points where some of those special sound effects were being used more often, but... Yeah, there's, man, there's, like, there's some computer sound effects from, like, some Nintendo 64 games I still show here, show up in the background of some movies and TV shows I see today, and I'm like, they're still using that Jet Force Gemini computer sound? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've mentioned this before, but yeah, there definitely seems to be, like, a sweet of special sound effects that must have been released in like 1998 that like oh. the film that the entertainment industry is still using and yeah but yeah like the, the curl and escar breaking sound the lady mm -hmm. screaming there's always like a very specific dog wolf sound like yeah there's like a dozen sounds where you're like oh I, yeah that's been used so often that must have come from like like a one some kind of like sound effects cd that was just super popular but but yeah, so that's kind of like Electric Boogaloo. It's 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 pretty cool, but like, yeah, maybe we'll do some more stuff from this movie that's not rape-filled someday, but... <laughs> but <laughs> maybe yeah. someday. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that we've done Bloodsport, we've done uh, Master of the, of the Universe, I felt we've already kind of pillared some of the best stuff from this from this documentary, but I don't know, we'll see. We've, we've still got some awful Aprils left in us, so maybe we'll... we'll... We'll dig some other stuff out of this. Kind of, sort of. Maybe. maybe, who knows? We'll see. But uh, what else going on? <laughs> what else? <is laughs> What's going, going on, on in your life? How's How's Animal Crossing treating you? Hey, it's fine. Yeah. Same as always. We literally, right before we started recording, we both opened up Animal Crossing. It's Valentine's Day. We were recording, and we all got. I guess on the new Animal Crossing, everyone, all your villagers said you gifts. Yeah. Not that we have to stop talking. They all sent me boogaloo. chocolate hearts and chocolate cake and or flowers. Oh, did you get a cake? No, not a cake. Oh, uh, I was hoping. And shit. Except for uh, except for one character who sent me some fluorine. Thanks a lot, asshole. Really? Not romantic at all. Are you playing right now as we're talking? No. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I just opened up my because well, you you we pretty much fired up our games right at the same time right before we started recording, but I shut mine down. But I don't um okay well and the only the one gift i opened up from a villager was just i got like one of the heart-shaped bouquets that had been on sale at nooks for the last uh, couple weeks but okay i'm glad to see you get other stuff it's not just the valentine's day stuff but. i mean i got all the valentine's day stuff except for that one piece of flooring wait there's valentine's day flooring no it's just a piece of gray flooring 
Oh, you mean you just got that from... Okay, yeah. Monkey pants. Yeah, monkey pants. <laughs> I didn't get any monkey pants. I could go through some monkey pants. But yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else about the electric boogaloo thing. Did you did you pretty much like it, though? or? Yeah, yeah. I watched it twice. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Just to take more notes? Once, or? once No, I didn't take any notes. Uh, once uh, during the week... Um, and then again this morning to refresh my memory on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the document. It's more of a tonal thing. It's hard to pick out like specific nuggets of information that come out of this movie, other than just like it's just fun to let the like the whole sheer goofiness of that early seems 80s. like a real dick. But that's yeah, Menachem, he's just a horrible person, penny pinching, <laughs> manipulative, money laundering piece of shit. Yeah, and that's the yeah. like like the, even this movie that kind of acts a little as a little bit like a tell all. Still kind of dances around the fact that he just seems, like, awful. Because he talks about how he kept on yelling at people, especially the women. The actresses yeah. seem like they were very specifically, like, mistreated. And it's just like... The, other... the directors they hired for a lot of the time seem like real assholes, too. Yeah, and it sounds like... Well, that the Death Wish guy, they talk about how he was specifically super cruel. And that's when that's yeah. Troy from Star Trek. She's talking about how she... He, like, he, they would intentionally, like, leave her topless in front of the crew for hours on end. Just to be cruel, just because they're fucking dickheads, and mm -hmm. yeah, so it's 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 funny how like like, uh, like uh, fucking uh, what's his name on the shiny was a complete piece of shit to. Oh yeah, oh that's even coming out right. I mean, I always hated Stanley Kubrick, but I guess it's coming out now because I guess did was there like a like a expose with not Shelley Winters? Oh god. Aww. Shelly Duvall, yeah. The, there's well, I, I guess Shelly Duvall has like dementia now too, or something like that. So she's, she's got her still own alive. Problems. She's still alive. She's unrecognizable. It's, it's been so long since uh, uh, I've heard anything about her. Yeah, not since her fairy tale show. Seriously, you know so what? The last two things. And I mean, in my life, my only touchstones for Shelly Duvall are she was on Popeye, she was on The Shining, mm -hmm. and I hate The Shining. Uh, she had like was like a 3DO game. What's the Shelly Duvall video game? Um, I don't know that. Right at the I beginning, mean, I might remember it if you mentioned it, but I don't know. Uh, like yeah, it was like right at the beginning of the CDI thing. Uh, mm -hmm. There was like a Shelly Duvall's Elf Tales. Shelly Duvall's It's a Bird's Life for the Whoa. 3DO. Yeah, that was I remember that was like when the 3DO was first announced. They were like, oh, Shelly Duvall made a bird game for the 3DO. That's what, like, what a headline. Imagine back in the day with video games. You could have one of the like, headlining pieces of software. What's a bird game by, by Shelly Duvall? Oh my god. It's like, uh, I would love to see like if, if they come out with like PlayStation VR for the PlayStation 5. Like one of the headlining games is like um, Ted Danson's tax accounting or something like that, yeah. Um, thanks, Ted. <laughs> thanks, Ted. I was trying to think of the name. She's also Shelly. Who's the Who's the Shelly from Cheers? Shelly Winters. She Wait, who? No, Shelly Winter. Who's Shelly Winters? Shelly Winters. She's mentioned in the documentary. She was she's she's a singer lady, she, but she's in like oh, one yeah. of the, the the hostage movies in Electric yeah. Boogaloo. That's yeah. That's why I'm suddenly hung up on Shelly Winters. Yeah. Um, not Shelly Duvall. She was also no. an outrageous fortune. She left Cheers, yeah, I know who you're and she flushed about. her career down the toilet like Marty McFly by leaving Cheers. Um, yeah, she was in the Money Pit. The Money Pit. We gotta talk about the Money Pit. Shelly Long. Shelly Long. I wanted to make a joke about Shelly Long's tax accounting, but I couldn't remember her name, so I would default it to Ted Danson. Um, but yeah, so 80s stuff. Yeah, if you just want to like be a wash in 80s garbage, 
that's a good movie to have. They have like cheesy music. Yeah, it's and... a good reminder that everybody who romanticizes the '80s is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because the '80s was a garbage fire. ABC All Star Saturday continues after these messages. Our agent Marty Baum said, "Look, if you guys want to just go make a film and be totally left alone, there are two new guys in town." Menachem Golden and Yoram Globus were the heavyweights. They were the George Foremans and the Muhammad Ali's of the indie market. Yoram Globus was the businessman behind the movie making. Where is my money? You promise and promise and promise and you're not paying. Menachem Golan was the movie maker. Irridabne, with an American voice, but not a voice similar to mine. A true ninja doesn't kill. He eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. He's so... Not ninja. I don't know. I've never seen a ninja. Ninja 3 The Domination managed to take The Exorcist, a ninja movie, and combine it with Flashdance. Nuts. Just crazy nuts. Sometimes we make better films. Sometimes we, we don't make such good films. But we do make films. One of my first questions was, how much money do you think you'll be spending on it? And they said, oh, probably $10 million. I think they ended up spending about $3.75 on it. The name of the game is to do, not just to blah, 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 blah. Talk about it. This year, the big hit for Golan and Globus is breaking. It really did something the United Nations was unable to do so far. Bring nations together under one groove. Really? I mean, that's insane. The audience wasn't prepared for the craziness. The looniness. I felt a little stupid doing it. Clyde the orangutan came to the office. Menachem's deciding whether to sign the orangutan to put him under contract. It was crazy, talking to a monkey. This would be an epic of cinema. Blockbuster of the century. Oh, God, we are in so much trouble. And that's why everybody... They put a stamp on pop culture. It's hard to say words can in films without laughing. At the end of the movie, I had tears in my eyes. Menachem, he says, aha, I got you. I was crying because I saw my career going down the toilet and I didn't know what I was going to do next. I hold them in huge af affection, even though they ruined their movie. Still the one, ABC. And I do, I do appreciate the movie, like, because I, like, that's one of the big things, especially now after Stranger Things, everyone keeps on joking about, like, the 80s was all neon and synthesizers. And no, there's a real grubby, rapey part to the 80s that is just, like, unpleasant. And that's, an, they, they, you know, they actually, they're kind of truthful about that stuff in this, in this documentary, too, so. Yeah, so the entertainment is kind of, yeah, ugh, definitely a little more unrefined than it is these days, that's for damn sure, but... Um, which is kind of funny to say, because, you know, since the 80s, we've had shit like Human Centipede, stuff that is probably objectively worse than almost anything that was released in the 80s, but, yeah. The kind of grubby weirdness in 80s entertainment was much more pronounced and just kind of all over the place, where at least now, if there's somebody comes out with a horrible thing, it's kind of limited to that horrible thing, not just... Part of the culture, what are we talking about in Monkey Pants? What do you think of Bowser's 3D World? I haven't played it yet. Oh, Really? You're missing out. I look, I, I, no, I looked at it and I said, oh, it's a re-release <laughs> and it's $60. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, know. I loved it. I played, I completed the Mario. I got all the whatever. You, you know. completed the Mario? That sounds like something you say after you've killed someone. You keep, I completed the Mario. You walk out of the room dressed in blood. I have completed the Mario. Um, right. Yeah, because was Mario, 
Fuck, I'm trying to remember. Was 3D World also... Because I remember 3D Land on the 3DS. They had the thing yeah. where you'd beat the game, and suddenly it's like, oh, shit, there's a whole second half to this game that's yeah, really fucking hard. Did they do the same thing with 3D World? Where it was the yes. same thing? Oh, fuck, man. Fuck. And the, I, last, the last stage on that is... <laughs> on the hard half, right? Yeah. And yeah. Don't, isn't there a thing in 3D World 2 where, like, you unlock special stuff if you go back and, like... Get everything with all all four characters too. Did uh, you do that? Yeah, no, I didn't. That was. Just, I think you just unlocked stamps. Maybe or so. Yeah, exactly. Started, but I think but something happened. Like, oh my god. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, you probably played more 3D World than I have. Then, if you went through all that shit, because like I probably gave up halfway through the last half of 3D World. Then, even yeah, I, I love all 3D the World. stars, beat all the levels or whatever. But ba yeah, Bowser's Fury. I have no idea how long it is. Everyone keeps on saying it's supposed to be super short, but I'm really liking it. It's like mm -hmm. I mean. It is a, it's a, definitely like, I guess it must be running off the, the, the Mario Odyssey engine because I forgot that 3D World has like, uh, like eight, eight directional control, like the, like the, the direction where Mar it's not like fully analog controls like Mario 64 or Sunshine or, uh, Galaxy, but it's funny because Bowser's Fury, which is definitely obviously influenced by 3D World because you've got cat suits and shit like that. It's funny how, like, it feels like just, like, moving Mario around feels completely different than actual 3D World. But 3D World is still pretty good. The great That's music. Good. and But, yeah, Bowser Fury, like, it's a big open world thing. Where, like, I don't even want to talk about it because it's not, like, it's huge spoilers. But, like, I was glad to have dived into Bowser's Fury without knowing anything about it. And I was like, oh, shit, shit, shit goes down in this. But, but you know. Um, That's good. Glad you're liking it. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting up on the one-year anniversary. Of Animal Crossing. I'm hoping that they do some kind of big anniversary update. I've already filled up all the storage in my house again after they increased the storage. You got, you're up to like 2,000. What are you doing? It's mostly clothes. It's terrible. And you got you got all those other <laughs> houses too. I know. I need to start taking advantage of the storage. I Again, I, I, what I'm hoping for... Because like I said, 9 tenths of my storage space in my house. It's like 2,400 slots. Literally, like, two-thirds of that shit is filled up with clothes. Because it's nice to be able to, because, like, if, if you don't have the clothes in your in, in your inventory, you have to go rebuy that stuff, and I like having all that stuff at my fingertips. What they need mm -hmm. to do is shuffle off the clothing inventory into the game into, like, a closet or something like that. Because uh, there's no reason why it has to take up, take up inventory in your house. They could have it, like, be, a, like, a sub-inventory thing. Definitely, I don't. I have no idea why I turned into such a clothes horse in this game. Because they do have a lot of cool clothes. But part of the thing too is now, what I should be doing is is, is either selling off whatever clothes I don't need, or sh giving them to my other characters so they can store the clothing in their other homes. But I'm like, there's enough limited uh, availability clothing or clothing items that I got from like the seagull, or I got from. Uh, well, no, because there's the pirates, pirate seagull, and there's the normal seagull. There's enough stuff that I'm afraid to sell stuff because, like, I can't remember which of my clothing is I can get rid of and still be able to replace it later. Because there's enough unique clothing items in the game. Like I already that did that once. Like, where someone I was playing with someone, they were like, "Hey, do you have like a samurai wig?" I was like, "Oh yeah, no, here you can have my samurai wig." I didn't realize the samurai wig was one of the items that like. 
Uh, Gulliver, yeah, and I was like, oh shit, but like, no, there's nothing in the game that marks off that thing as like being a unique thing that you should be trying to, you know, take care of. I mean, if you go to your catalog, it'll say not for sale. That's a good point. But then that becomes more of, I wish there was just like a little like, I wish like there was even just like a little dot next to your inventory items that would like, if it's a blue dot, you know that's a thing that like you can't just buy again. But, mm. I mean, you can do that in your catalog, but if you're going through your the, 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 the inventory stuff in your house, it doesn't do that, but... Yeah, I'll have to figure out stuff. But, yeah, because I've made sure to buy the different all-color variations of all the clothes I like in the game. There's a lot of cool clothes! But, and they keep on <laughs> they keep on introducing more clothes. That's one thing that's killing me, is with the new winter update. They, uh, they put in a whole bunch say, of new winter you know, clothes. I was, about, I was about to say, you don't have to buy it, all the clothes, Bill. Look at Bill Mudge. Look who look, look who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice to have one of the other things. I keep on meaning to do this more often, but it's ha not happening. Because everyone dropped off from Animal Crossing. Is I also just like ha having that stuff available if ever anyone else I know who's playing the game needs any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's happened with some people. I've been really able to help out some people. But like, yeah, not as much as I was hoping. <clears throat> Precisely because like, like I said, yeah, people kind of dropped I away. I think because most people don't give a shit about the clothes. Because I've been really wearing my same clothes. I wear the same clothes all the time. <laughs> I don't even care. I, 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 I got a... Nice little handsome fuckboy suit. Where's his little clothes, his little tight pants, and I got my little cat hat. It's nice and green, and it's all wintry, and... I don't know, so. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens with Animal Crossing next month, because like I said, I always wander away from Animal, Cro Animal Crossing after the first year. And next month is not only going to be the Nintendo, the Mario update, whatever's going to, like, whatever Mario shit they're going to put into the game. But I would assume there's probably going to be a, a one-year anniversary update to the game, and I'm curious to see if they do anything interesting or if it's just going to be like you get a letter from nintendo and it's like oh we sent you a framed Thanks photo of mark game for that's it and that's the whole update and that's yeah um but we'll, we'll see pretty soon but yeah i the, the one bad thing about mario 3d world is it took me away from playing hades which mm. i guess i'm fucking up in hades because i was reading about how many runs it, it it usually takes the average person to finally beat hades and i guess they said 30 and up to, I'm up to my, like, 45th run. And I, I have come close to beating Hades a couple times, but not quite. And so I guess I'm laggy. I'm developmentally disabled in Hades compared to everyone else. But. Yeah. I, I think I was at 36 when I beat it. Well, so you're just, you're just generally, like, far superior in playing games like that. Far too, superior, so. bow before me. Yeah. And I've been mostly taking my time just, like, I haven't been too worried about, like, trying to beat yeah, Hades. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, just um, play at your own pace. Right? I'm mostly just going nuts trying to find uh, Nectar to give to everyone to make them my friends. And I'm, I'm stockpiling Ambrosia because I'm still not quite sure exactly what I need to be doing with Ambrosia. Uh, uh, that's the next level. Once you that's what I'm waiting. Nectar. Yeah, I actually was it Sharon? <laughs> Sharon Tate. Sharon. Uh, the, 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 the. I am the god Sharon. <laughs> I am the god Lewis. Um. Yeah. The the the, the river sticks death guy. Who's the you know the, he's the, the what are you buying guy yeah. in the game. Uh, I've actually I think he's the one person in the game I've actually have the most developed relationship with and i should be getting pretty close to the point where i need to start giving him ambrosia so mm -hmm. um hopefully you get some kind of like money off the stuff he sells if you get like i don't know well, i guess i'll find out but yeah uh, there's a point where he like you'll yeah, I'll, I'll just give you a warning on i don't this. care yeah uh uh 
uh, there's a point where you see a bag of money next to him at some point you can take if you want, but then you have to do a boss fight with him and he's really tough. Oh, shit, did be you beat him? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you shit. do it, if you do, if it happens too early in your game and you're not, like, prepared for it, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll not go well for you. Oh, okay, because I could see there could be a thing where, like, he suddenly decides to, like, double his prices or something. Or maybe he disappears, no, I, so, yeah. No, I think he gives you a boon thing, uh, that 30% off his stuff or something? I can't Oh, okay. I would imagine that, that would be such an obvious thing to do, yeah, I would be surprised if they didn't do that. Um, yeah, mostly, I'm still trying to, like, mac on Megara, Meg, but, like, mm -hmm. she shows up so infrequently in the t in the tavern that I haven't had too many opportunities to give her stuff. Uh, and Thanatos has been showing up, too, and I'm like, oh, wow, I guess they have a relationship, because he's all like, mm, uh, how you doing? It's a horny game. It's a horny game. I, I have no problems <laughs> with that, but holy shit. Oh, man, I've seen so many people going nuts for Nyx, your, your pseudo-mom. She got big old titties and shit like that, and I'm like, mm, how mm -hmm. you doing? How you doing, mom? I want to be. I want to meet the one person who gets juiced up over a Hypnos. The, the, the fucking... Mm. <laughs> the Rick Moranis of the Hades set. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was kind of surprised that, like, I've, I've gotten to Hades a couple times, and each time, like, the first time, I, like, accidentally got to Hades. I wasn't even, I was, like, really surprised when, like, I got through the Cerberus thing, and I got to Hades. And I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is the actual boss battle. That's actually, that's my dad. I gotta go beat up my dad. And I actually got him down to, like, a third of his health. Like, every, like, mm -hmm. the three times I've beaten him, I've, I've gotten him down close. So, like, I know I'm on, if I just... Yeah, if I just yeah, practice yeah. a little more, I'd, I'd be able to beat And once so. you, like, get his patterns down, it'd be easy. Yeah, and I know the whole point of the game is, like, you don't beat him the one time, you're gonna have to beat him, like, 20 more times, so, like, the game is designed for you to whoop his ass on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I keep on trying to date Cerebus, that's not going well, too. I want his red rocket in my pocket. Um, <laughs> We get three doggy faces to kiss, it's triple the love. Mm. I wanna take his knot in my butt. No, thank you. He's, no. he's pump not a shut up, Bill. Jesus Christ. Shut up, Bill. Ah, Bill. What the fuck else is going on? What's going There's nothing to talk about. There's not. Have you seen any good movies or anything re recently? No. Well, yeah, because no. you have kid stuff. Because you, it's not like getting. I started playing Phoenix Rising. Which one is that? Is that the fake the, Breath of the Wild? It, yeah. Oh, okay. How's that going? All the cutscenes feel like a PlayStation 2 game. Oh, really? The animations are really weird. Like, you know how animations, hand-done animations back at the PS2 era felt really weird? Were they even hand-animated, like or was that thing where it's like a still image that's kind of slowly moving against no, it's, another it's more, still it's image? No, it's more it's jerky and stuff. And like, Okay, yeah. It, it's trying to be funny, but it doesn't do it well. What like, are you it could have been funny if they had the PS5. Okay. It could be funny if it had better actors. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, the actors are fine. They're just not funny. But, yeah. And then the way they, that whoever the, the director was on the cutscenes did a, did a bad job. It's not as bad as, like, Kingdom Hearts games, but they did a bad <laughs> job. You see that they're putting Kingdom Hearts? Lots of, lots of really quick zooms to make things seem funny. And oh, wow. That sounds like the most, funny. like, aughts thing ever of, like, this crash yeah. zoop camera stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Battlestar Galactica, so we're going to do the same thing. Um, is it feel, is, is it, does it feel kind of on par with Breath of the Wild, though, at least in terms of the gameplay? 
that's a not a saying well, hey we're gonna do bro fine there's a ton okay. of shit to do on the map and i just wanted something to turn my brain off and play phoenix rising is such a generic fucking i think you this may be the third time you've mentioned on the podcast and i keep forgetting like what that is because that title just sounds like it sounds like a game from the playstation 2 era yeah. just the title alone um then, but yeah uh, the, the idea I, I was yeah. playing stardew valley getting ready for the 1.5 to come i out heard about that so holy shit yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna play. I had. I kind of fell off of it. Everyone's saying that's like its own built-in sequel. Yeah. I'm like, so holy I'm shit. Do, I'm gonna give that a try here pretty soon. Uh, would you yes. have to restart your game, or can you just continue? With no, you can continue. On. Okay, thank God. You're playing that on Switch too, right? Yeah, I have it on yeah. the PS4, but it was the point where it's been. I was waiting for an update back when I was first playing it. And I was like, it's been so long since I played it. I couldn't jump into end game and know what the fuck I was doing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah I think yeah. The last time I played, it, I thought I've I've started like three different Animal Crossing games, and I or not Stardew Valley. I think the last time, I the furthest I'd ever gotten was like, oh, I got some cows, and I was in the middle of the process of like building a barn, and I just wandered mm -hmm. away from it, but. Yeah, Stardew, especially with me compl constantly complaining about Animal Crossing, I should just go back and, and play Stardew Valley just to see what's up. They could combine Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, I'd be so yeah. happy. The thing that keeps on killing me in Stardew Valley is that there's, like, an energy meter. And I keep, like, running up against that energy meter, and I'm like, I f it feels like I'm playing a free-to-play game where they're asking me to, like, spend ten cents to, like, get more energy or something. You can eat food and get that energy back. Yeah, I'm not, I don't really have it set up, so I'm, like, making a lot of food yet. I'm sure the way the game works is that, like, yeah, you don't have to worry about the energy thing so much. But they kind of put that same dynamic into, was it Minecraft, where you have to keep on eating pork chops because you're constantly... So you have, yeah. like, a stamina bar and that, and that kind of killed the fun for me, and, and, and that... Yeah, so... Which is funny, because I'm actually one of the bigger defenders of the stamina bar, the stamina circle in, in, like, uh, Breath of the Wild. Because I think that is, it makes sense. You would get tired after a while, especially if you're climbing and stuff like that. And even the stuff where, like, you can slip while you're climbing in in, in Breath of the Wild, I think makes sense. The weapon durability thing, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I could totally understand, like... Oh, yeah. This doesn't have weapon durability, which is pretty great. Yeah, which was, like, like even though I defend the weapon dur the durability stuff in, in, yeah, Zelda, I could totally, like, I would, okay, I could totally, yeah, get rid of that. I could, you would have objectively more fun. Um, but yeah, it's been, yeah, I'm still, I gotta save up for a PlayStation 5, especially because they just announced, uh, oh, still God. no rush on it, I've barely been playing mine, Yeah, Not but they got Phoenix well, Rising on it. time is, like, we're always getting, we're getting closer to March, and they did just announce that Ratchet and Clank game is coming out in June, and mm. that's after they already announced, too, I think, what, Resident Evil comes out in May, so definitely by, like, May, June, I definitely should be, uh, pick up one of those things. Um, but yeah, no, everyone, <laughs> I do see everyone else is, like, um, already playing. Can you play most of your stuff on the PS4 on the PS5? Yes. Or do you still have to keep your PS4 hooked up? I have my PS4 hooked up downstairs now, just because I, I mean, I've only got a gig of, or, yeah, no. You gave it to your it? son? I, yeah, you're like, here's, here's no, your baby it's console. Just yeah. I mean, it doesn't have a fucking good hard drive on it. I mean, it's a fast that hard drive, nuts. but it doesn't I still have the can't space. Believe. Yeah. You can't move all your PS4 games over to that. Especially, like, I, I would, well, no, I was, I was gonna say the one thing I would want to carry over to a PlayStation 5 would be all my uh, pinball tables, the virtual, the pinball arcade stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't know if, they probably don't have a PS5 version of that, because I'm sure they don't have a license to. You can yeah. play all PS4 games on it, so. Yeah, we'll see. Man, if, yeah, if I can play that pinball stuff on PS5, it's funny that, like, this, like, fucking dead pinball 
simulator is the one thing I'm worried about being able to play on my PS5. Yeah, just don't feel rushed to get it. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was always still convinced that they were going to announce a new Switch with uh, Breath of the Wild 2 for March. Because I think this March will be like four or five years since the first Switch came out. But now we're getting closer to like, well, March is in like two mo two weeks. So it's yeah. even even by Nintendo standards, where within the last year, they've suddenly started doing this thing. Where we're just going to announce our game like three months before it comes out. Yeah, like uh, it's, it's, uh, if it's going to happen this year. I don't think it's going to be happening in March. Um... Oh yeah, video games. Video games. Are video games. They're pretty good sometimes. Yeah. I've been. Uh, we were talking about a documentary half an hour ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else we should talk about. Yeah, we can talk about That's stuff funny. on the podcast in the future. Um, we could talk about like even future podcast plans or anything like we would want to talk about them. Do we have like, future podcasts? No, but That's I'm just saying fine. that like because we're recording this. It's 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 Valentine's Day in February. March, a oh, guy completely like, snowy outside. Within two weeks, it's gonna be March, and that's March is right before April, and awful April. We gotta think of awful mm. April, and then we gotta think yeah. about Marvelous May means nothing anymore because I keep on talking about stuff we've already seen before. So, um, yeah, like I said, if people have suggestions for us, this, uh, for us to we're uh, watch we're coming up to. on 300 episodes at this. I was the biggest stickler for no, we're gonna do what we do, and we're not gonna deviate. And now I'm like, what the fuck ever, man? 300 episodes, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> I still think, it most important, well, it was because we hit 250, and that's the thing where he said, okay, we hit 250, yeah, well, who gives a shit? And that, by 300, does that mean we only have to record whatever we want? Like, we don't have to stick to a schedule anymore? What if we suddenly start recording three times a week? Like, just randomly start, start herky-jerky, uh, start throwing out episodes. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, 300, Jesus Christ. What episode? Yeah, this is like two... What, 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 77? 279 is what we're recording right now. Hot damn, Jesus Christ. And yeah, I, I still think that one of the most impressive things we've done is within a year we we cleared out the first three decades of stuff on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is just, mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact that next week is going to be our last, even though we already recorded it, it's not coming out until next week, but the fact that we uh, next week is going to be our last uh, Disney Plus uh, shorts episode shorts, is fucking uh, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was already starting to watch some of the, the Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey Mouse Club, just to see if we should talk about that on the show. And yeah, some sexist shit there. That's some fucked up shit. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> there's an episode. There's so what they have of the Mickey Mouse Club on Disney Plus. It's only five episodes because I guess they just. I didn't Everything realize... else, just blatant racism. <laughs> it's sad. That's only five episodes they could put on the service. Uh, I got. I didn't realize the Mickey Mouse Club thing was a daily show i thought it was a once a week program but no i guess like it was like a half hour program every day every you know monday through friday and i guess the five episodes that are on disney plus are just the first week's episodes from when the show first debuted and like mm. one of the one of the episodes is all about uh they're showing like these this boy and this girl they're being trained to become part of the aviation industry for no random reason but of course, the boy, he's being trained to become a pilot, and of course, the girl is being trained to become a stewardess. And it's just like, oh, come on. Like, there's a lot of like, I'm kind of surprised firing up those episodes. There isn't that like 10 second long mandatory, like, Disney, like, well, we were kind of fucked up back then. We apologize. So please watch our shit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I love our. 
That's uh, good. We're pretty dumb. I started watching the Harley Quinn cartoon that's on mm. HBO Max. Have you heard about that? I've heard good things, yeah. It is yeah, Venture Brothers. The tone, they totally, I mean, it's good Venture Brothers ripoff, but it's totally, like, even the cartoon animation character design is totally Venture Brothers. Of It's mm. just about, yeah, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Uh, is they're just like fucking around Gotham City, and like all the other supervillains are fucked up failures, like Clayface. He's just like this failed thespian who's like, Oh, I am Clayface, I shall act for you now. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's very cute, very violent. Because I guess it was made for HBO Max. Like, they actually have the characters are constantly swearing and, like, beating people to death with, like, blood fragments and bone and shit flying through the air. And, yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see, like, like, Venture Brothers, but with the actual characters. Like, not every character has to be just a parody of something else. But then also, like, you could have Batman calling someone a cunt. It's the weirdest mm. thing. It's like, I don't Zach know. Zack Snyder's jizzing in his pants <laughs> over that. That's the thing. It's it's kind of funny because it's actually more, way more fucked up than anything Zack Snyder has done. But it's but it's still Are not you nearly... you watch that bullshit? Did, Did you see just... that trailer? I literally fucking the, out of the, bed. The, the fucking Joker actually says we live in a society. I saw people making the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> does it sound like... Does it sound like it's Zack Snyder being self... Like, is he self-aware or is he... Because I have not seen the trailer. And also I saw everyone else saying, why is it 4x3? Are they just making this for CRT televisions? What's going on? Does it seem like... I should just assume that Zack Snyder has no self-awareness and he actually thinks he's being profound by having the Joker say... <laughs> why is the Joker still in there? The Joker is the one thing everyone hated from that movie more than anything else. Why is there more joke? And it's like, I guess they redesigned the... Did they show the new Joker? Yeah, he's no bit. longer has he, damaged. He, no, he looks like he's got real bad chapped lips in this. Oh version. no, God, fucking Jared Leto's such a fucking idiot. Jesus Christ! Especially after watching this Harley Quinn stuff, it sounds like this this Zack Snyder garbage is going to be more insufferable. Oh, but yeah. Speaking of superhero stuff, my housemates really got into Wandavision, and so they started asking if, if, like, if they if they could start watching the Avengers movies, if I would watch that with them. And so you're like, I that. just did that, man. What? <laughs> you're like, I just did that. That was like 50 hours of my life. Yeah. Well, I why rewatch the Avengers movie with the idea of like, okay, if Joseph and Bahar they started wanting wanting to watch the Avengers movies, which ones should they watch to get the story of? specifically, like, of, of Wanda and Vision leading up to the events of the TV show. And so, yeah, which did accidentally turn me into me watching, like, the four Avengers movies, Civil War and Thor Ragnarok. And, but hey, they seem to like this shit. We, last three nights in a row, they have been like, hey, do you, do you want to watch more Vengies? Is what they say, and it's very cute, mm. so we've been watching that shit. Although they hated Civil War, that's the one where everyone starts fighting each other. They were like, this is really stupid. Like, why and, like, can't they all just be fled? Well, also, just, like, that's the movie, like, uh, where, like, all the action is shot with that kind of camera style where it's, like, super shaky cam, and also, like, the shutter is turned off, so it's super staccato motion, and that's, like, mm. all the fight scenes in that movie, and that movie's, like, 90% fight scenes, and so it was, uh, stylistically, it was a real departure from the first two Avengers movies, and, yeah, mm -hmm. so, yeah, fucking... Because I'm living in 2021, half of pop culture is still just fucking superhero. Yeah. Yeah. You been watching anything else? Any TV shows or anything like that? Even with the kids or anything like that? Nah. No. 
I don't think you've been uh, sledding. I don't watch TV shows. Yeah, yeah, we went sledding. We got a hill right by our house, so we went sledding. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask, because, like, Portland and Washington, where we live, it's not super... I mean, there's mountains and stuff like that, but, like, if you're living in a residential area, there's not there's not a lot of hilly places, but I'm glad that you guys have a... Yeah, your wife was posting a video footage of you and your kid sled riding. She was talking about how, like, you would slide down the street and then go around a corner... And you would still have enough momentum that you would end up going halfway down the block even after you went rounded yeah. a corner, which I was like, holy shit, that's actually pretty impressive. Well, um, they're, they're, I don't know how there's so many damn kids had sleds in our neighborhood, but there were a ton of sleds in our neighborhood. Yeah, I was really surprised because we, uh, again, and, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, we don't get a lot of snow, at least down in lower elevations where most people live, you know. But uh, they had been sledding all day the day before and all day leading up to when we were out there again because we went the day before too but um, yeah it was they had packed that shit down it was so slick it turned into marble and practically yeah i don't know what those coward kids were doing but man i could fly on that <laughs> there was one little boy one poor chubby little boy he came oh, out yeah. there with his mom and, a, and a, he had an inner tube and he was wearing shorts what and <laughs> this is how you know kids have not grown up with snow is yeah <laughs> He was, he wouldn't, he Aww. sat down on the inner tube and he wouldn't lean back into it, so he would, didn't get any speed. Yeah, because he, he just need kinda, to, He was yeah. just kind of scooting on his butt, being like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> He Aww. was so scared. Little porker, scared not moving. Scared <laughs> So, did you guys happen to have a sled, too? Yeah, we were actually, my wife planned a sledding outing up in some mountain or something this weekend, but since um, yeah, this all happened, we were like, why would we drive two hours to go sledding when we could well, just Well, also, it might be impassable, because I don't know, like, yeah. if it's snowing enough for it to be all snowy down here in the in the residential parts, it's probably almost impossible to get up in the mountains, you know, so. Yeah, so it would totally be, uh, what's the Sexy Flanders? episode mm -hmm. it would still just be a mountain yeah, of madness sexy or whatever flanders, yeah. yeah stupid sexy flanders. um but yeah it's been nice yeah this is our one yeah and our usually... one snow a year that the portland area always gets i was terrified too because um you saw I'm... white flakes cut falling from the sky <laughs> you're like what is it oh my god my dandruff came back um i the, since i've been living in portland since like 2004 uh, there was one big mega snowstorm that was like East Coast caliber, like three feet of snow, and I guess and it was two thousand and eight. What's that? Is that the one where iced over on top of it? Too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I know that I couldn't remember when that happened, but then when they were starting oh, wait, predicting, I what's that? Yeah, well, well, that's what everyone like on the news. They were like, this could be the biggest storm since two thousand and eight. I'm like, I guess that must have been two thousand eight, where we got like literally like three feet of snow. And I'm glad it wasn't that. We got like like maybe like three or four inches, but that's still enough but to shut down. It was powder. It was yeah. all powder. Well, the first night it started coming down. Yeah, it was just like it was more winds than snow because like, even looking out the window, it was just like little snow tornadoes in the street and stuff. But yeah, yeah. everything's been packed down now. It's just kind of like crunchy glass. But yeah, that, that's that's what we're talking about. This week's podcast is is the local weather in in, in Pacific Northwest. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else I've been up to. I still need to build it. You, you were so kind. You got me that uh, Sesame Street Lego for, for my birthday slash Christmas. I got to crack open. Um, they opened right, up we've... the Nintendo Park. Yeah. That we got cool. nothing to say about it. We've hit an hour, Bill. We don't have to. Oh, has it been an hour? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was still like half an hour. 
No, we're at 106. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Um, da da da! Yeah, we did. That's this this week's podcast. We talked about Electric yeah. Boogaloo. Again, I, like half the reason I wanted to do this is to see, just to see how we would talk about something that, especially like a like an amorphous pop culture documentary there's like a, this. There's, there's no website. like plot to it. It's not like if you have a, a, yeah. have a documentary about the story of Nintendo, you could talk about like okay, and then they talk about this era of Nintendo, this era of Nintendo. If, this is more just like yeah. If 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 there's a site for uh, the does the dog die? There's got to be a site for does the lady get raped in this movie? Because I feel like we need to run any canon films for the future. Watching and it's like that. the death wish thing, like the lady gets raped and then she throws herself out a window and impales herself mm-hmm. on a fence. That's very story of Riccio. Oh my god! Like I could totally. And then they cut to them talking about how, like, yeah, canon films are just like it's it, the the hallmark of a canon film is complete lack of taste. And that's yeah. totally like well, what that exhibits there. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad that things like canon films exist, even so some of the stuff they knocked out were pretty like color, color pull, color pull. Um, so but yeah, that's so next, like I said, that's a cute documentary. But next yeah, what week's are we, gonna be yeah. more Disney shorts, and I'm too lazy to pull up what the shorts are. But, that's uh, the last batch, though. We've got I BG did you know? Bear I was gonna say that bear has a name. It's like Hugo Humphrey. Bear. It's Humphrey. Humphrey the Bear, because I found, like, he has a whole theme song, which I already had a copy of his theme song in my iTunes from, like, 12 years ago. Like, what mm. the hell did I do that I pulled out that, that... And it's not the... Uh, song that I keep on raving about the from the... In the can, the, the, the garbage-picking-up yeah. song, which I love so much. It's not even that. It's, like, he had his... I guess he had enough shorts produced by Disney that, the, like, they gave him his own theme song. Kind of like how Donald Duck character. and Goofy have had... Yeah, so, but... Yeah, it's it's that. No, last week was when we talked about uh, Pluto being strangled by uh, Mickey. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think the uh, between the, the the bear cartoons and I think the other big one is that's the Grand Canyon scope thing, mm. where it's like Donald Duck, he's a park ranger so, at the Grand uh, Canyon. That's probably like the centerpiece cartoon next week. So Don's yeah. Fountain, of, Don's Fountain of Youth. The new neighbors, simple things, dragging around, Grand Canyon scope, yeah. and busy there. Really, all you needed to go is like, go, yeah, go through the Disney through the decades collection, go to the fifties, go find busy bear, and then count back six cart uh, six cartoon <laughs> shorts, and that's that's yeah. next week's episode because yeah, that is the last one on the service, and the last one we'll be talking about, and then after the that and after, oh wait, so it is gonna be because I was gonna say technically Peter Pan is in there, so I guess we'll do Peter Pan next time for Disney Plus after next week. I don't remember. I'll yeah, figure we'll figure out, out stuff. Yeah, 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 we'll figure out. Sure. I was looking through the service last night. And I was wondering if you would commit to like next week would be that last shorts episode. Yeah, well, I'm fine with shorts. We already recorded it, so yeah, we'll use. It yeah, here. we'll figure it out. I think so. Yeah, oh, it might change. Pants. We'll find out. We'll see when next. <laughs> yeah, this is how the sausage is made, people. We love Man. you guys. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys are all doing out there well. Hopefully, because I, I know the whole country got slammed with crazy weather this week. And not that all of our listeners are just in America. I know we have other people uh, listening to us abroad. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I hope everything's in the, not too toasty. Um, and yeah, we should get out of here. Yeah, he's Mudrick on Twitter, McGrumpy Turtle on Twitter, Tiny Podcast on Twitter, TinyPodcast.com, shares or whatever. I got nothing in crazy way to end this. I mean, go make a crappy movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, don't try yeah. to think of anything, Bill. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do 
I'm Chuck Norris on a rocket bike, and I shoot a rocket out of the exhaust of my bike, and I blow you up. <laughs> that's the end of this week's podcast, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's easy uh, to Photoshop, not so easy to make a radio play out of. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go throw a bear into space. So long, everybody. <laughs> you're almost about to Whatever. Adios. Take care, guys. Thank you.